Are you a new or aspiring woman leader that wants to make a successful leap into leadership? Do you want to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so that you can become the kind of leader other people want to follow? Welcome to The Leadership Leap, a show that is all about helping women to become more confident about making the leap into leadership. Now, here is your host, Leanne Pico. And today we are focusing on leadership and how to be a confident leader. And while what we are talking about is for all leaders and emerging leaders, my guest Kathy Archer and I both focus on the nonprofit sector. And so we will definitely be sharing stories from working at charities and nonprofits. But before we get started with that, I want to introduce myself. As I said, I'm Heather, and it has been my pleasure to be on a couple of previous episodes of The Leadership Leap, talking about money and being comfortable with your relationship with money. You can check out those by looking for Money Talk on the podcast list for Leadership Leap, where you consume your podcasts. And for today, I have to share with you I am in the best mood. And the reason is my company, Bridge Raise, which coaches fundraisers and supports them in raising money from companies, had a big win. Well, really, one of my clients had a big win, and that is so awesome and exciting. They just received confirmation from one of their biggest corporate partnerships to date. And I will remember their voices on the phone telling me about their win for a long time. It was so awesome to hear their excitement and I am so proud and excited for them and their cause. It's just such a big game changer for them. And as I sit here basking in their excitement, I wanted to share a couple of quick learnings from this success. First, we got here by a series of small actions. Back in the spring, we started talking with this partner in a collaborative way. We learned from them, we adapted our vision, and ultimately we've built a partnership that is valued by both parties. Practically what this looked like, it had, you know, we showed love on social media, we had meetings where we had some challenging conversations, we listened, we adapted, we tried different ideas on for size, and ultimately we've got to a place where we're both so happy and invested. Funny how I'm using the word we, because it's actually the organization I work with, and I'm their consultant, but I feel a part of it, and that is so awesome too. Anyway, the lesson I wanted to share here that I believe applies well beyond fundraising is that often these wins take time. They take consistent action, multiple steps. They take building a relationship. So I offer this up for you today. Do you have a big goal that would be best achieved with a partner, a colleague, a friend? And how could you use the idea of consistent action to build that relationship towards the win? What are some small things that you could do to get you, you and the partner closer to the goal that you believe in? That's just an idea for me on this exciting, happy day uh, that might support you in achieving your next big success. And I really, really hope it does. With that said, I'd love to introduce my guest today, Kathy Archer. I bet she has some big wins that she can share during our talk today. Kathy Archer is a leadership development coach who provides ongoing training to grow women leaders in Canada's nonprofit organizations. Kathy spent 25 years in these organizations, much of that time in leadership positions, and she now brings her experience and coaching expertise to her clients and to the world at large through her training library, which aff affords affordable, relevant, and practical new content every month to keep leaders engaged and excited and expanding their leadership capacity. Kathy also has an Amazon bestseller, Mastering Confidence, Discover Your Leadership Potential by Awakening Your Inner Guidance System. And she shows you how to develop your inner confidence. So I am so pleased to welcome Kathy to the show. Hi, Kathy, and welcome. Hey, Heather, it's good to be here. 25 years in the nonprofit sector, that's a long time. So tell me, why did you move from senior leadership position 
in the sector to supporting and training leaders, leaders of the sector? Huh. Well, in many ways, it's like the story you just shared, Heather, about wins. You know, there, as you go through leadership, most people know that it's not always easy and there are times that are difficult. And I had been going through stuff and had had some wins and then, you know, stuff hits you again and you struggle. And I realized at some point it was time to sort of move on. But what was interesting was it was just after we'd had a huge win and got a big contract. And, you know, as I look back, I'm like, that would have been the perfect time for me to stay and go, yes, we're like moving and we're going in this wonderful new direction. And actually it was the time for me to go, yeah, I'm, I'm not going in this new direction. Because I knew for me that new direction wasn't what I wanted in my life at that time. And I, you know, when I look at who I am and what I do, I'm on, when you look at strengths finder, I'm a maximizer, which means I bring the best out in people. And so I knew that to support leaders the best, my job sort of needed to shift from doing the frontline work to supporting the leaders. And so, yeah, that's when I transitioned into coaching, teaching and training leaders in the nonprofits. I love that you focus on the win side of things. And it's funny, it parallels very much uh, with my experience that I moved on from being in-house at an organization after I had achieved like sort of the, the big win that I that sort of sought to, to, to achieve. But I know from our previous conversation that it wasn't only the big win um, that let you, you know, move on that there was also you know some some important bumps and challenges that um that you experienced as a leader in in various organizations that also compelled you to oh, yes. uh, coach others <laughs> you want me to dive in a little deeper i do i do i think i think everybody wants to know not just the the happy stories but you yeah, know what were yeah. some of the challenging times that you thought you know what i i could really help others uh others by by uh, owning these challenges so the first time I, I stepped into leadership I was very young very early on in my career and within a year the organization the the programs that I was supervising decided that they wanted to unionize and so I was thrown into union negotiations and like against staff right I was in this I was in the leadership position and so it was this mess of trying to figure things out and I navigated my way through that but let me tell you Heather it wasn't easy as I went through some of that stuff I dealt with depression and I gained a lot of weight and you know it was the stress of it all and and somewhere along the way I decided okay enough of this and one of the triggering factors was I had I had planned a staff party f at Christmas time for my team and one person showed up and I went home, yeah, I went home that Christmas and I cried and I ranted and raved to my husband. I'm like, I'm done. I'm never doing this again. And, and you know, I was like, wait a minute. I got into this field for a reason. I want it to make a difference. And so I came back stronger than ever. I quit smoking. I started working out and I, you know, went back to school and got my degree and I worked really hard. And it, again, bumps and humps along the way. But then a few years later, we had this really big expansion our team had been doing great. We had grown. We had strengthened. Get this big expansion and what happens, much of what happens in leadership, we're stretched to the max. And, you know, I'm traveling to new sites and setting up programs and trying to build new relationships in the community. And things started to fall apart on our team again. And lo and behold, I get performance appraisals that say I'm not in integrity. And then I get uh, staff grievance filed against me. And it's like, oh, do I really want to be here? And at the time, you know, I was just mad at the world. And I was mad at my boss. And, you know, he was the one that presented the performance appraisal and the information. And, and But he came back to me and he said, I don't know how to help you, but maybe a coach could. And that was the first time I was introduced to coaching. And I fell in love. And within a year, I started training as a coach. And I knew that was sort of the ticket for me. What much of the focus in nonprofits is crisis driven. It's, um, you know, managing the overwhelm and the overload. And we're always stretched. 
And often what we do is we say we're strengths focused, but we're looking for the problems. We're always trying to fix the problems. And it's flipping it around and supporting people to use their strengths and develop themselves and focus their employees on their strengths. And, you know, how can we leverage what we have and do things differently to create that team environment, to create the culture that you want. And that's, you know, I started, once I took coaching, I started turning things around. And when I seen my team turn around, it was like, oh man, I need to teach other people how to do this. Yeah, I love that you had such a, a you know, light bulb moment when you met your coach. I have to say early in my career, I also was fortunate to be introduced to a coach. And, and not for the same reason. I had a, a situation where, you know, my as a team, we were doing great, but I really struggled with the learning um, and work style approach of, of one of the colleagues that I worked most closely with. Mm-hmm. I was more of a risk taker and I wanted to just sort of get her done. And and her style was more methodical and, and step by step, both which, you know, both which are very legitimate work styles can be successful in different situations. And we kept on kind of, you know, running into each other. I was like, let's get this done. Let's get this done. And yeah. she was like, okay, yeah. can we think through all the steps? Can we think through all the steps? <laughs> and, you know, and it was through working with a coach that I, you know, could test some different ideas and practice some different things and think it, I think, figure out, you know, what, where was I, could I, you know, modify my style? Where could I request Mm -hmm. that she consider another approach and things like that? And I think it's one of the great things of, of a coach is that they can really help you in these situations. um, Think through, you know, different possibilities, different things you might try and, and really be in your corner, you know, really mm-hmm. be your, be your person without the same agenda as other people in your, on your team might have. Yeah. You know, studies show that, and, and I feel it and the women I work with say it, the majority of leaders, especially in nonprofits feel isolated and alone, like nobody's on their team. And, and that's the difference with having a coach there is, you know, maybe your board isn't the right person or, you know, maybe you're in conflict with, with your boss. But the other thing you said I really want to highlight too, I think when we get backed into a corner or, or when we have a conflict with somebody, our tendency is to wait for them to change or blame them or if, you know, if they would just quit when these two people filed the grievance against me that was my nightly prayer would they just please quit you know would they just Mm -hmm. move on Mm -hmm. but when you flip it and look at yourself and say what can I do differently how am I responsible for this what could I say differently what could I do different how could I interact different that's when things really start to change Yes, I could not agree more. I think, you know, personal responsibility is a really valuable yeah. lesson to uh, develop through your through your leadership journey, through your through your career, and and um, it often requires somebody else helping. I I think it's very difficult to to totally do it on your own. I think most of us need uh, accompaniment with that, you know, sort of process of figuring out the. Yeah, what could I do differently? How could I show up differently? How could how could I you know adjust my behavior? Because I cannot, um, I cannot yeah. force someone else to leave the situation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I think I love what we what we've covered so far. We're going to take a break uh, and come back, and Kathy and I are going to move from talking about you know the advantage of of a coach and, and the responsibility, uh, t- taking responsibility to work through some of these challenging times and get into some more practical tactics, right? Like we want to delve into some really specific tactics that people um, can use and you can recommend to women leaders as they're working through um, challenging times in their workplaces. So I look forward Absolutely. to Okay, thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. 
When I did move up, I always say that I attended the what not to do school of leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called the Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the what not to do school of leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. Hi, we're back. And so for before the break, Kathy and I were talking about the importance of a coach and how women leaders can really benefit from having one. I know, Kathy, that you have a specific approach to working with women that really supports them thriving as leaders. Could you share a little bit more about that with me? Absolutely. So what I know, Heather, and you experienced this, I'm sure, and many of the, the women leaders do, is that most women in leadership positions in nonprofits are overwhelmed, overworked, and overloaded, and they cannot remember the last time they felt overjoyed. And that's just not okay. Um, And so I work with women to enjoy impactful leadership. And I think we've got to the place where we don't believe that that's possible, that you can't actually have an impact and lead strongly and make a big difference and enjoy it and balance life. And and I believe that you can. And I think that every woman should get to go to work at a place where she feels valued and respected, gets to use her gifts, talents, and strengths to their advantage, and still comes home at the end of the day with energy left for the rest of her family. Oh, I could not agree more. I mean, I hope that everyone doesn't believe that can't be true. I I certainly want that to be true, and I believe it to be true, and I think it is absolutely possible. But you're right. I mean, I think there are people that are in, women that are in roles where 
um, they've lost sight of that joy or the possibility of that joy because of circumstances that they're uh, living every day. And mm. I think, you know, I think one of the things about the nonprofit sector that's both very special and can add to that from my point of view, is this high level of responsibility we feel for the, the this mission or this, you know, the, 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 the stakeholders. I mean, if you really love the organization you're working with and the work they're doing and, and really want to see the change in the world that that organization is all about, you can really internalize that responsibility in a, in a you know, a much different way in my opinion, then, you know, if you're, you're building widgets, right? Like it's, you know, there's a different level of responsibility and pressure. And, and I think that really can add to that overwhelm and, and, you know, desire to just always get it done as quickly as possible and, and all that pressure. Uh, But it also can really add to the joy. Like, you know, that's why I love working in the sector, right? That, Mm -hmm. that, making a difference part, if you can tap into that, is like such a, a joyful place to be. Yeah, and I think, like, we get into this sector because we're passionate about it, right? I mean, nobody comes into the nonprofit sector to get rich, let's be no. honest. You come in here because, yeah, there's a there's a mission, there's a passion, you want to make a difference. And often where people end up is that the job becomes soul-sucking. You know, it's it's just sucking the life out of you. And what I want to do is find a way for you to lead in a way that feeds your soul, that, you know, takes care of you, but also the work you're doing. And so when I look at how I work with clients, I'd sort of help them work on sort of four fundamental things. The first one is to be yourself. I think the thing that people want most in their leaders is in that they're in integrity and that they're authentic. And yet we come into leadership and suddenly we, uh, I have one client who says, I suit up. Like she literally puts on the business suit, right? You know, and it's not her. Uh, And you have to dress appropriately. I'm not saying that you don't have to dress appropriately, but we put on these masks and these facades and you get home at the end of the day and you feel like you're stripping all these layers off because it's not you. And there's got to, you have to figure out how to be you in leadership, how to lead authentically. And part of that is coming back to uncovering your values and your ethics and your morals so you can live in, a, in alignment with those. So that's the first foundational piece is be yourself. Then the second one is to develop yourself. If you're not growing, you're stuck and you're stagnant. And quite frankly, your leadership probably stinks. Uh, you need to grow and develop yourself in a number of ways whether that's sector-specific training or whether that's personal development training. And it doesn't mean you have to go back to university. Read a book, listen to a podcast, do a little bit of journaling, uh, take a a course, watch a webinar, but continue to grow and develop yourself. So be yourself, develop yourself. The third one is take care of yourself. If you are living on the edge of burnout, there is no way you're going to be an effective leader. The, the truth is hangry is a real thing. If you, you, know, you cannot maintain your composure in a meeting if you haven't ate for four or five hours. Like it just doesn't work that way. And yeah. so, right? Right. And you know what? And I, I love all three. I, I, I would love to jump into a, like go back for just a second to the, yeah. the professional development piece. I have to say like one of my like personal missions has been to just encourage um younger leaders should not get so consumed with their work that they aren't also developing themselves and their network. I think to me, part of the professional development um, opportunity to it, you know, it's good to read a book and listen to a podcast and I'm, I'm all over those things, but I also really, really believe that part of professional development is about getting out there. It's about meeting other people and learning with other people and building your community of people that are around you. Um, I, you know, I run a conference every year in January called happy you year. And I just, I, I bring together fundraisers and, and, um, nonprofit people and the mission of this is to learn but to build your community mm-hmm. because I just believe so strongly that in those tough times you need like a bunch of phone a friend people like you yeah. need people to call <laughs> and 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 you have to get out to do that and you know sh- for sure there's networking opportunities but the professional development ones I really think 
you know, learning together with other people really creates a bond that you can build on. And mm -hmm. I just, I could not, I, I just wanted to pause on that one because I think you're, you're totally right on. It's super, super important and not just for the learning, for the people yeah. that you meet. You know, when I look back at what got me through that first big hump, at that time, I was meeting for a lunchtime meeting once every week with a group of other women leaders of nonprofits in the community. And many of them were quite a bit older than me because I was really young coming into this. And so I had developed that mentor relationship with them. And I, yeah, I wouldn't have made it through if I didn't have somebody to go, oh my God, this is what's happening. And, you know, part of them would give me some advice and some suggestions. But the other part was just that, either literal hug or just that virtual hug, right? Like you got this girl, like you'll make it through. We're here behind you. We're here to support you. We're here cheering you on. Right. So yeah. valuable. And I bet, you know, I just want to jump on one thing, you know, the fact that, the, that they were older than you, I, I would say one of the interesting things I've learned about mentorship over the last few years, as I have been in the sector now for a while is I'm as learning just as much from the younger leaders yes. that are coming yes. in the sector as I am from the, the ones that have been in longer. I mean, if, you, if you're really doing it right with a mentorship community, you have some more experienced leaders and you have some mm -hmm. up and coming leaders in your circle because you can get different energy from each of those. Uh, so it's, you know, I love that you're, I bet there's, they, I bet if we asked some of them about <laughs> those luncheons, they'd say, you know, Kathy came and she had yeah. a different energy and we got so much from that too. Right. Yes. Well, and you know, I was just talking yesterday with the girl that I'm going to be interviewing for my show here in a, in a few weeks, and she's a millennial. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited, and I'm just, yeah, I'm picking up stuff from her left and right. And it's like, it's so cool. You're right to go back and forth both ways. Yeah, I do think that's a, you know, this as you think about your networks and building those out, uh, those support systems out, yeah. surrounding oneself with like a diverse community of people is is a really mm -hmm. awesome way to go about doing it. Yeah. So sorry, I did I did jump in the middle of your of your okay, different things. Good. So we'll go back. To, um, so, so let me go back and I'll just refresh and then I'll yeah. I'll because what, what I think what's really important is what you said earlier is the tactical stuff. So there's four foundational pieces, be yourself, develop yourself, take care of yourself. And then as a leader, the fourth one is that you then teach the people that follow you to do the same for them to lead authentically or to be authentic, to develop themselves and to take care of themselves. When you create a culture where you're all doing that, that's what makes that amazing team. And that's what makes you guys love each other and do the work that you were meant to do. So, to move on to the tactical side of this, what I suggest with my the ladies that I work with is that they schedule three things into their calendar every single week. Because if you do not schedule these things in, they will not happen. And so the first one is self-improvement. The second one is self-reflection. And the third one is self-care. Do you want to jump on any of those before I go into more? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I will jump on the schedule. I mean, nothing happens in my life unless it's scheduled. It really is, you know, I like, I am absolutely on side with scheduling, self-care, any kind of self-time uh, you need. Uh, yeah, it has to go in the calendar. So yeah, yeah kudos to that. Absolutely. Well, and that's what happens, right? We wait for the time to show up or we hope the time will show up or we pray it will but it doesn't, you know, I'm going to go to the gym if I have time today. Well, you won't have time then. Like it's just not going to happen or, Oh, I meant to take a walk at lunch, but you didn't even eat lunch. You probably haven't even gone pee yet because you forgot to drink water too. You, know? yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so you cannot lead that way. Your body wasn't designed that way. And there's, there's so much connection to the ability to be productive, the ability to, uh, think strategically, the ability to be engaged, to maintain composure, all of those things to the self-care component as well. But so first one is scheduling self-improvement in. And again, it's that same thing, you know, if you don't have a network meeting scheduled into your calendar, or if you're not scheduling in a course or time to read, and I'm not talking about hours and hours and hours, you know, 10 minutes of reading a week can make a difference. It really can. And, and, if you decide that, yeah, I'm just going to listen to that podcast when I'm driving to this, you know, site that I have to visit once a week, that's what it is. 
but schedule in time for self-improvement because again if you don't it's not going to happen the second one is self-reflection and you know people especially those of us who have so much going on we need time to think before you decide something before you deal with something or before you delegate something and I hear all the time that women just want time to think strategically they just want time to think but again we're not scheduling that in and I remember back in the day when I was uh, talking to a, a fellow that I was working at another organization and he was this much older man and uh, he said to me yeah in the afternoon I sit at my desk and I put my feet up on my desk and I smoke a cigar you can tell how long ago this was <laughs> and yeah, right. he says I just think and I'm like man if somebody caught me sitting at my desk with my feet up on my desk they'd think I was being lazy or doing nothing and yet we do need time to think Leanne the host of the show here told me once she said sometimes I just sit and look out the window and daydream that's yeah. what we need you know, it's funny. I I 100% I agree with you. Uh, the time to think is is such a valuable time, and I I kind of you know I have this love hate relationship with my commute uh, because every, you know some weeks I will not have a commute, and other weeks I have quite a few commutes, uh, and you know, on one hand, it's like, oh, this horrible thing. On the other hand, being stuck in traffic for an hour, um, I can either use to listen to a podcast, which is often how I use it, but sometimes I do just shut off everything mm -hmm. and just, you know, uh, just think and, you know, have, I mean, I'm sure people around me in other cars are thinking, who is that crazy? But I like, I talk to myself, I <laughs> practice you. things, internal <laughs> monologues can be verbalized. I mean, it is an opportunity for me to, like to just, you know, think out loud if I have to. Yes. And I think that, you know, thinking time is absolutely critical. Uh, I know a lot of coaches also recommend like sort of the first thing in the morning and I, I, visualization or you know thinking time then and I have to say I have you know put that into my schedule uh, and seen a big difference the, the ability to visualize what my day will look like how I want to show up that day you know maybe thinking through a positive visualization on a few of the more challenging things I might face that day uh, is a really, you know, meaningful exercise. And it was one that I, I must admit, I like, I came to a little reluctantly. I was a bit, you know, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And then I started trying it and I do think it has served me well uh, as a very practical, it's, you know, I don't take an hour. It's like 10 or 15 minutes, mm -hmm. but it does sort of, that it's a self-reflection and visualization moment. Yeah, well, and I love visualizing your day. Again, I think we're, the, the difference is the flip side of what you're doing is you're doing it intentionally because all of us are visually, visualizing our day, but when we're not conscious about it, we're looking for all of the tigers and lions that are going to jump at us. And again, so problem focus. Oh my God, I have to deal with that person. Oh my God, I got to go to that meeting. And you're like focused on this is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. I'm going to struggle with this. Where when you flip it around more positive, you're like, okay, this is the meeting that I have, but this is how I'm going to engage in this meeting. This is the type of person I want to be. This is the skill I'm practicing today. Right. Yeah. The intentionality does take it to a different place. And I also think, you know, while I agree, I don't think it's a great strategy to focus on the problems. Sometimes if you focus on them intentionally, you can, um, sort of diffuse them right like so the exercise yeah. of what's the worst thing that could happen here if exactly. it goes in the worst direction how can I what, what will I do how could I react in the moment how could I react later right so you know that's certainly one of the things we work through I work through with my clients you know if I'm in a high stress negotiation and the person says something that really you know is not what I wanted yeah how do I escape this situation without yeah. making it any worse, right? Absolutely. Like, how do, I, how do I plan that? So sometimes then when you've talked through even the worst possible what-ifs, then they then you're like, okay, well, that wasn't such a big deal. That that actually isn't as bad as sort of half thinking about it. Yeah, it well, and, and that's the one thing that I'll do with clients. You know, I'll say, what's going to trigger you in this meeting? Because you know you're going to be triggered. And so how 
do you want to respond rather than react when you get triggered? Yes, well, that is an important, important message. And with that, we're going to take a little pause and we can come back again to what do you do when you're in a situation where you have been triggered? I know you'll have uh, some great strategies for that situation, Kathy. So I look forward to talking to those about those after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Leanne Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code RADIO for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code RADIO for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. Hi, everyone. I'm Heather, and I'm here with my guest, Kathy Archer. And before the break, we were just talking about the fact that often when you're in a leadership position, you know you're going to go into situations that are difficult and where you might be triggered to behave not how you want to. So Kathy is going to help us now with some suggestions about how to prepare for those situations. Yes. So when you get triggered, it's normal. That's the first thing you need to know. We all get triggered. Don't ever think for a moment that you are just going to go through and everything's going to be fine or that there's something wrong with you if you get triggered. What happens when we get triggered, though, is we often either sort of react defensively or angrily or we shut down. And instead, what we want to do is is 
remain calm and composed and respond confidently. The trick to doing that is is a couple things. One is doing a lot of this work that we're talking about. You have to know what your triggers are. And often those triggers are connected to your values. Somebody stepped on your value. You know, they wanted to not quite be as honest and you're very honest. Or they wanted to do something that, that pushed back. So there's a couple quick tricks that I teach in my book, Mastering Confidence. And the first one is to power pose before the meeting. So if anybody has ever watched Amy Cuddy's TED Talk, she talks all about the how our body posture shapes what we're thinking and feeling. And when we close in and tighten our bodies, that's when we're in sort of that protective mode. And so we know body posture speaks to others, but body posture also speaks to ourselves. So power posing, and you do this before the meeting, in the bathroom, at your desk with the door shut, in the car park, parkade someplace where nobody's going to see you if at all possible and you stand for two minutes as tall as you can hands on your hips or outstretched like superwoman think superwoman and put a timer on because you won't know how long two minutes is but stand there for two minutes smile but feel confident and when you feel confident you're going to go into that meeting more confidently so same thing when you're in that conversation roll your shoulder back chin up chest out like Feel confident, not so much to portray it to other people, although it does, but to tell yourself. And what that does is it actually releases the chemicals in your body that rather than fight flight mode and that adrenaline running, that calm you and keep you centered. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the idea of power pose. I also love the idea of smiling. I always say, you know, when... I pick up the phone to talk to a, to a yes. client or, or, you know, right away, like sit up and give us a big smile. I'm happy to be speaking with you. And I want you to hear that. And yeah. it's very hard to convey that if you're not smiling on the outside as well as on the inside. So the confidence, like the confidence and the, the smile or the feeling, the joy mm -hmm. of the moment, you yes. know, is, is much more powerful than going in like with dread. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's the first strategy. The second one is to take a slow, deep breath. And where most of us are is we're shallow breathing because we are in the stress mode. Again, fight, flight, freeze. We are ready for the attack. We are prepared to fight back. And the adrenaline is surging through our bodies. We cannot respond confidently composed when we're in that state we're just going to fight back and so you can take in the moment in the middle of a meeting in the middle of a conversation you're you know giving feedback to an employee something's going on and you're like tense just slow things down take a slow deep breath and i actually train women how to do this i have a whole webinar on how to breathe properly because what we often do when i say take a slow deep breath is we're like in through our nose and then we're like <sighs> It's like we're blowing out candles or something. I'm like, no, 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 no. The out breath needs to be longer than the in breath. And that's the key to relaxing your body is really slowing down that out breath. And again, this isn't like, okay, we have to pause the meeting while I take a deep breath. You can sit there while somebody else is talking or the presentation's on and you're seething, like you're just mad and you're just, you know, you want to just, leave the meeting or you want to yell at them or you just want, are ready to shut down just slow your breathing down and take some deep breaths yes that is great advice so kathy as you know i am a fundraiser and i support fundraisers and raising more money from companies and i just like i wanted to take this opportunity to ask you how do you feel that money plays a role in in the sort of the women's leadership and and how they experience leadership it will play a role however you whatever your relationship with money is in your whole life is going to show up in, in leadership and again so i go back to this you have to do some of that that work to get clear on what your values are so for example I remember going to school and my mom sewed jeans, yes, jeans, homemade sewn jeans. She baked cookies and donuts and that's what I took to school my lunch. 
And all these other girls, man, they had the nice designer jeans and they had Oreos. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These homemade, but they wanted my homemade donuts, I'll tell you. So sometimes we can take that that um, relationship with money that we have as a child and bring it into the work we're in. So if I, you know, brought that forward and I'm like, you know, I, I'm not very rich or I, I don't, you know, understand money. I remember when my boss hired me, he asked me, he said, how are you with budgeting and stuff? And I looked at him like, uh, I balance my checkbook. Like, I don't know. I'd never read a spreadsheet. I didn't know anything about, you know, accounting. I, I remember the time where I'm like, what does it mean when the numbers are in red? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so immediately what can happen for us is we can if somebody gives us a snarky remark back like uh that means you don't have that money (laughs) then then i my confidence can be hit and suddenly i can be you know thinking to myself i'm not the right person to ask for money i'm not good at asking for money i'm and then you struggle to get out those numbers or or explain what you're asking for people and it really, again, it's, and when we were talking about body posture a minute ago, it's almost like you pull in and your head down and you're like, can I have some money, please? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No, you're right. And I think, I, you know, I feel really passionately that, that women in all situations need to work through their historical money story so that they can show up powerfully and talk about money powerfully. And I mean, learning, you know, the details of how to work an Excel spreadsheet is a task that mm-hmm. the vast majority of people can pick up relatively easily. The harder thing is to figure out how to talk about money in, you know, with your power pose on, with your confidence. Yep. And if there's something that you need to learn, there are ways to learn it and you can go back and learn it. That does not mean that you, should not feel, you know, powerful in your moment. So I do want to, you know, make sure we have the time to talk about um, where we started, uh, where I started with your with your bio. That one of the things you have to offer people is your training library. And and uh, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now, Kathy, and and how people can work with you and 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 learn from you. So where most women leaders are is overwhelmed, don't have a lot of time for training. And there's this myth in the nonprofit sector that there isn't a lot of nonprofit sector training. I've seen that in research studies recently. And I'm like, really? I mean, Heather, you offer stuff. I know Leanne offers stuff. There is a ton of stuff out there for for leaders in the nonprofit world. But you have to do it. right? And how do you fit it into your already busy schedule? So I developed the training library, which is a membership site, and it has courses in it that you can work through on your own pace, at your own desk, in your own home, wherever you want to work through it, at your own style, like I say, and you get to choose which courses you want to take. There's also monthly webinars in there. And so what it is, is it's access to the ongoing support you need as a leader. You were saying a while ago here in the call about somebody on your side you have access to a coach who's always on your side at your fingertips. You know, I'm there in the in the community and I'm encouraging you and we, I email my students back and forth and sometimes we get on coaching calls if you want to add coaching to it. But what it is, is it's that, that ability to step back and look. So the first course that I developed was values verification. Again, if you're not clear on what's important to you, if you're not clear on what you value. So you might say I value self-care, right? Work-life balance. But what that means to me and what that means to you is two different things. You might be okay with working Saturday mornings and I might not be. And so you've got to figure out your values. Then I also have a course in there on emotional intelligence. You know, we talk about the word emotional intelligence all the time, but how do you really become an emotionally intelligent leader? What does that mean? So understanding emotions language how emotions work how they're connected to your thoughts your feelings what's coming out of your mouth in the middle of a meeting that value or that money story you have all of that kind of stuff so the membership site allows women to have ongoing access to support training so that when they do get those inevitable bumps and humps that they know where to go and they know they have somebody to to lean on that's awesome so 
let the listeners know exactly where they go to find that information. So to find out more information about the training library, go to kathyarcher.com slash library and that'll get you to the training library and then what I've done for the listeners today as well as I've given them access to a free webinar in there so if you go to kathyarcher.com slash radio you can join my email list and then you can get immediate access to one of the webinars and the webinar is called quick journaling for effective leadership so we talked earlier about the need for self-reflection this is a tool that you can quickly do when you you know I've got this meeting or this conflict there's something going on and I need to figure out a different way to approach it. It's a really quick one page journaling exercise that you do that helps you deal with whatever it is you need to deal with. Wow, that is so great. I know that, that everybody who uh, takes this opportunity to sign up for what Kathy has just offered will find some immediate benefit because it is you know, an important step in our success. So thank you so much, Kathy, for, for your generous um, offer today and for all the knowledge you've shared with everybody on our call. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm thrilled with what we've had a chance to learn. I have already joined Kathy's community and I'm learning from her and her community and it has been a great addition to my leadership. So I encourage uh, everybody to check that out. And today, you know, this was a great, great hour spent for me. I got some really meaningful, practical advice that I hope all of you did too. I mean, power pose, how to breathe, you know, visualization are all things that we can work into our uh, daily leadership journey. Uh, I also, you know, reflect on the importance of of confidence, of, of you know, really thinking about how to enter rooms, enter meetings, enter opportunities with confidence. I know uh, for those of my clients and people in fundraising that are listening today that they will really benefit from, from that as well. So thank you. Thank you to Kathy for an awesome show. Thanks thank for letting me be here. <laughs> and a special thank you to Leanne Pico for giving me this opportunity. She will be back next week hosting another great show on leadership with Sarah McVannell talking about solution-focused leadership. Wow, that's sure to be a good one. And Gurpreet Kaurman is our HR superhero, and she will be sharing tips on looking like a leader on LinkedIn and finding some leadership a leadership position. Finally, if you'd like to connect with Leanne Pico, you can find her at theleadership.net. And I'd love to connect with you too. So to continue this conversation, you can find me at Heather Nelson 12 on Twitter or learn more about my approach to supporting charities at www.bridgeraise.com. That's all for this week. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for joining us this week for the Leadership Leap. Liam Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you make a successful leap into leadership. 